Welcome to the Central Florida Buzz with Mike Kara, the podcast for Central Floridians who want to be in the know on what's happening in Orange, Lake, Osceola, and Seminole counties. Sponsored by the Central Florida Home Brewers, the premier craft and homebrew club. Learn to brew beer, kombucha, mead, or make wine. Visit www.cfhb.org. Now, here's your host, Mike Kara. Well, welcome back to our next edition of the Central Florida Buzz with Mike Kara. Today we are here at Dees Brothers uh, Brewing, and uh, we are so glad that we're here in beautiful Sanford on the corner of uh, Magnolia and Third Street and uh, right across from the uh, Ritz Theater. And with me today are from uh, the Dees Brothers Brewery is uh, we have uh, Mike Dees and Ben Dees. And guys, it's such a pleasure and honor that I could be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. We want to talk about your brewery. I know a little bit that that, that uh, the building isn't, but I know you, you the, the the business is. But I understand. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. That you guys have been home brewing. You've been you've been brewing for a while. So why don't you tell us a little history of this place? Um, well, yeah, that's correct. We've been brewing for what I think. It's been 12, yeah, at least over a decade now. We started homebrewing when I was about 23 years old, so that's 12 years. We've been brewing for 12 years, homebrewing for about a decade, because um, the last last year we've been professional brewers, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah we uh, started out in our laundry room at our first house and doing five-gallon batches uh, and escalated building our brew system to which is now our pilot system inside the brewery. Oh, great there. Uh, so, I mean, for for you guys, how does one go about? I mean, this seems like a very nice space, very, very roomy, open space. I mean, was this easily accessible? I mean, was the process of, of getting this this nice space easier? Um, I don't think there's anything easy about any stage of opening a brewery. Maybe the, maybe the learning to brew is a home brewer part, but this building took us almost three years to actually find and secure because you just have to find all the right elements that you want you want to have a um, you want to have a building that has enough space for your system and a way for um, you to build a tap room out because that's where most of your revenue is going to come from for the first few years um, if not longer um, you need to find a location in a town or wherever that you know you're going to get business from especially if you are expecting to have tap room guests um, so in the end we did find this place and we got very lucky to end up in downtown Sanford like we are, where we already have um, we have four other breweries as neighbors and a whole bunch of other businesses that are really cool. So we have a location that is already welcoming to like you know the weekend crowd environment, people coming out and having a good time. So we smack dab in the middle of it. So. Let's talk a little bit about the two of you. So now are both of you the head brewers or do you, do you one of you handle the business or one of you handle the brewing or do you both do everything? So Michael and I, we we both basically do almost everything. We, we've split up some of the tasks together and we've a lot of the recipes that are in here are stuff we've worked on since we were homebrewing. Um, we have uh, Jason Isaac. He's our basically our my assistant brewer or I would more call him a lead brewer because he takes care of most of the processing um, and 
helps maintain that while we focus on business operations and getting stuff done. But we we try to sit down as a group and have a lot of creative uh, brainstorming. brainstorming. Yeah, that we we just sort of. When we want to do a new beer, we try to verify it. Hey, this is an idea. How does that look? And we all check each other's work and then try to make new beers and also keep our other beers consistently coming out the same quality. Yeah, so there's very much a collaborative effort to the way we write things in this um, in this brewery um, because Jason is so excellent already with the... Um, the day-to-day operations and maintenance of the brewery it's given us a lot of time to get a chance to focus more on you know the the administrative side the honestly the less fun side but as ben said getting a chance to sit down together and have any of us go hey here's a recipe i think that would be really good and for all of us to be able to talk about it and make you know make a recipe together is one of the things that makes our brewery special because for the most part um, no one's t- vying to be, you know, the best of the best. We really like working as a team. So, I mean, for for you you guys, you know, you're talking about a little bit about the, you know, the, the, the different beers. But, I mean, when you were home brewers, we, did you ever imagine, like, when, when this beer is so good that if we ever open a brewery, we're going to make this particular beer? Does that happen where you say, you know, we've got to bring this, we've got to bring that with us, or...? A hundred percent. Like I'd say maybe 50, 40 to 50 percent of the recipes we have out right now are recipes from our homebrew days. Oh. So there was, um, for me, it was the moment when I had an IPA over at Hourglass Brewing, um, who's been around for 10 years now. So this was six, seven, eight years ago where we we had been there we drank one of their beers and we had just brewed um our thunder and lightning ipa for the first or second time and we had we had um put it in a keg and we tried it and we were like wow this is a really good beer and you know later we were going to hourglass because it's a big brewery we're gonna just have some fun and i'm drinking one of their beers and the thought that went through my head was wow our beer is just as good as theirs maybe we're on to something Um, i don't know when you had your epiphany moment but yeah, I don't. I don't think I had an epiphany moment. I just think it was like, oh, this is a lot of fun doing this. Um, it'd be awesome to try to work hard and create this into a business. And maybe it was just that we could make beer, and people came over, they enjoyed it, and 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 we enjoyed it, which is the big part: is enjoying your own product, enjoying your own beer. When you you love what you do and make, it sort of spreads to other people. Great. Uh, so we we're, we're you know we talk about uh, the, you know the d- different uh, beers and uh, so I, I mean when you're creating a new beer you said you know it, it's a team effort you try to get a lot of ideas but I mean do you start the process when you come up with a new beer with just like a, a gallon or five gallons I mean you don't make the, the the big amounts I mean do you test it out then or oh sometimes oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> sometimes we we've, we've just gone for it um, and we we just make our, our batches because we we've got a good idea now of what the ratios have done because in the home brewing that gave us a lot of understanding of how recipes are put together and just some experience with the ingredients themselves sure. yeah. home brewer you get the opportunity to play with a lot of different ingredients and so going into here we weren't very um, intimidated by 
by recipe design. We knew we could do that. We'd been doing it for years and making beer that we were absolutely proud of. Um, there are obviously always recipes that you're just not sure will actually come out the way you imagine in your head, and that usually involves um, adjuncts, things that are outside of the normal beer ingredients. And that's the time when you want to use something like our, uh, a pilot system, like our old homebrew system is our pilot system, where we test very interesting recipes, or recipes that are going to be way too expensive for the big system, but it's a cool idea, and we can do it, we can afford it on a small batch size, versus making 20 kegs of it. So, right. So, it's it's a little mix of both. There are, like Ben said, there are some that we can just go right into it, we know it'll be fine, and there's other ones where we go, okay, this is a little weird, maybe we should make sure we know this recipe is good before we spend a bunch of money making a really big batch. Okay, now the question I have for you guys is as far as determining how much of each beer to make, is it about supply or demand or which beers, you know, are more popular that you, you make more of or you just say, we've got these seven beers and we're making all the same amount? Um, no, it's definitely based on it's. We're a business, so we absolutely have to think about what's going to sell. Right. Um, so, but that's once again, like that's the best part about the pilot system is because we can use our imagination and try all sorts of different things. And if it doesn't sell, maybe we're out a little money. Hopefully, we make our money back. You know, and sometimes it's a way bigger hit than we ever thought. We've had beers that we put out on a Wednesday, and they were gone by Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon. So, and those, you know, just little things that we didn't know that people were going to be so excited about a Czech Pilsner, but that we put one keg of that on and bam, it was gone. So it also gives us a chance to go, okay, well maybe this is a style we didn't realize people wanted. Maybe we should go big with this. Oh, so, um, you know, you're, you're finding, you know, that, that there's di different styles that, you know, people, you know, enjoy uh, more or, or less. Or, but I mean, do you feel as a uh, craft brewery, you pretty much need to have, you know, so many IPAs, so many ales, so many, uh, you know, di di you know, particular styles? Or again, is it just, you know, w w what you, you feel that, the, you know, the customers want or what sells then? Do you want to answer it or shall well, I? Well, we, we definitely look at sort of what, what's moving, what's selling, what are people enjoying drinking. As we've, we're learning a lot from this because we have 20 different beers on tap. And so we try to make a lot of individual styles so we don't have four IPAs on tap or four hazies or four stouts. We, we like to try to have a, the big variety of styles because we're, we're homebrewers. We enjoy all different types of beers because of their unique value and so we, we really just try to keep out what that that sort of rainbow of styles for people to try come in learn something new try a new style and figure out and otherwise it's mainly not trying to have one style that competes against four other beers as well yeah, I would say that um, we definitely go for uh, yeah, just like that, like the just the spectrum of styles. We're we there's no one style that we go. This is what you have to have. Um, but I do think that there is a recognition that there are certain types of beer that help keep the lights on, and we have, it's very important that we keep those. But also, we want to brew beer that we want to drink. It's not just about what someone outside the door is going to enjoy. Are we going to enjoy it as well? And many, if not most of 
the time the what keeps the lights on and what do we want to drink are overlapping constantly so um, luckily we like IPAs and IPAs are um, they share about 50% of the craft beer market as far as selling so we have a couple it's not overwhelming amount on our on our menu but we do have a few IPAs we have a pale ale you know we we have a very interesting one called the vivaciously vindictive vindicator which is an imperial rye IPA it's one of the most complex beers we make and that one you know that one is more about our Ben's imagination since it's his recipe um, and him having fun but we put it on there and people have really enjoyed drinking it um, there's other ones we've made on there that I, I wrote a, an amber ale recipe or English amber ale recipe that you don't see a lot of amber ales on craft brewery menus because for most brewers they find them boring but I find it to be a very very tasty beer especially after I visited England and had all of their multi beers I was like these are incredible we need to brew beer like this and and we get a, I love it. Uh, our, my staff loves to drink it. And we get a lot of um, guests who come in and will tell us that they're they're happy that they see an amber ale on the menu because you don't see that very often. So, so we chose to brew something we liked. And it turned out it was a niche that many breweries weren't capitalizing on. And it helped us out um, with both the business and us just brewing beer we want. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys, we're going to take a a quick break here and we will be back. My guest today is Mike Dees and uh, Ben Dees. And uh, we're here at Dees Brewery, uh, Dees Brothers Brewery in beautiful Sanford, Florida. And you're listening to the uh, Central Florida Buzz with Mike Cara. And please stay with us for our next segment of this edition of our program today. Well, welcome back to our next segment of this edition of the Central Florida Buzz with Mike Cara here at uh, Dees Brothers Brewery in beautiful Sanford, Florida. And with me today is Mike Dees and uh, Ben Dees, who have a wonderful uh, brewery here. And guys, we've been talking a a little bit about uh, the the brewery, and I want to talk more about the beer. And these, uh, you know, you mentioned that the, the, the recipes, you know, come from, you know, different ideas and different uh, thoughts. But, uh, you know, when you, g- you get an idea, I mean, my question is, how much does, when you, you initially get an idea, does the beer change? I mean, are you flexible? I mean, when you get a recipe, does it change a lot? Are you working on it a, a lot? Or is it just once you get it down, you want to yeah, get, get, get brewing before you change it again? Or I'd say it just really depends on the beer. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll definitely brew the beer, and if there's certain qualities we were actually looking for that either might need to get toned down or toned up, we'll sort of add that quality to it. But it's a lot of times we want to get it to where we want it to be perfect, and then that's that's sort of sealed in. It's not going to change. Um, but when coming up with new ideas, it's sort of like, well, what have we not done? What what let's try to challenge ourselves or play around with something that's we we haven't experimented with or even attempted yet so yeah so definitely some of our beers have taken time to develop um many of them somehow we nailed it first try and i still can't believe like i think uh, lake monroe water technically that was a redevelopment of an old recipe but um, it's a br- our brown ale, but they brewed that one time in the big system, and I have no desire to change that recipe at all. It's 
it's just absolutely delicious. So sometimes you just nail it. Other ones, you'll you'll like our dead on arrival Imperial Stout. I feel like we're altering that beer every time we brew it. So we're constantly chasing the dragon of the very original version we made that beer of. We actually made it perfect the first time, but we didn't know we there were problems that happened that day during brew day, hence the name Dead on Arrival. And um, we kind of lost what the recipe was, what it was, what it was going to be a lot. And um, so we've been just chasing, trying this, this old homebrew recipe, this beer that we made and how good it was for who knows how many years now, seven or eight years. And um, so that's one where it's constantly developing and changing. Um, same with our black IPA recipe, Brutality. It's another one that I think we've altered almost every time we brewed it. Oh, okay. Uh, so, I mean, tell our audience a little bit. You mentioned about uh, brew day, but, uh, you know, exactly, you know, what go goes in. I mean, how long does it usually, you know, uh, take? Uh, you know, I know as a home brewer, and my, my dad, it, it takes all day for five gallons. But, I mean, when you're making it, you know, in a, in a, you know, a commercial uh, brewery here, does it, does it take all day and you need so many people and it's quite a process? process then huh well so i mean basically brewing any batch size of beer your equipment helps you process that but it only takes us six to eight hours to brew any on any of our systems so the time really doesn't change it's more about the time waiting for volume to fill up and heat heat to go i think our record so far is five hours yeah we've done a five hour brew day before and that's just on the brew day side of it i mean getting your equipment started up, mashing in, transfer, boil, getting your fermenter clean and sanitized, and then transferring into that. Besides then the week to two weeks to month to two months sometimes, it takes for fermentation and checking on the beer. So it's, I mean, it only takes really one person to run our system. You don't need two people. You can run it with two people. Um, but it's it's a very, very simple system to learn once you've, you've got it down. Oh, so then you, you guys pretty much know then, you know, what goes into to what. And, I mean, how automated is it? I mean, everything then has to be put in manually, but then everything, like, I mean, is it times how long you cook it or brew it really programmed in, or is everything you just have to plug in? So everything there is manual. I think the only thing that's really automated for us is we can hit a button and they'll turn the pump on. Otherwise, every valve has got to be manually turned. Um, everything's got to be dropped in manually. You've got to watch it control, watch your temps, make sure those don't go out of balance. Otherwise, you got to correct those um, through, through our control system. So there's, there's some sense of being able to visually control it and use a, use our computer but it's it's mainly for pump speed and that's and rake speed for our, our mash i would say the only thing that would be fully automated would be our glycol chill system um, that maintains the temperature of our cold water tank and our fermenters. Um, so once the, the, the wort, which is going to be fermented into beer, gets transferred there, we can tell the computer that we want that fermenter to stay at whatever temperature we want, let's say 62 degrees or something like that. And um, then the computer monitors the fermenters with temperature probes, and if it starts to get too hot because the yeast is fermenting and producing heat, just like all living beings do, um, I guess aside from reptiles and amphibians... <laughs> 
and um, they uh, the the computer will tell a valve up top to open up and allow fresh um, refrigerant to flow through the jacket of our fermenters and keep it nice and cold. But other than that, everything else is manual. Oh. So, I mean, for 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 you guys, uh, is there times when uh, you know people will request different beers? I mean, do, do, do you? I mean, maybe a customer or a guest says, you know, hey, maybe there there is a. I mean, you should try this. You should try that. I mean, you you try to at least take ideas, or maybe it's an idea that that you you had, or you you say, hey, that's a good idea. Well, yeah, we've had that sort of like once. We we try to play within that for people. Like um, people wanted a fruit beer, so we took our blonde ale and we turned a did a side batch of it with that was a strawberry. Added it had a strawberry blonde, so we we try to take that in for what people want and play with it. But we also have just our standard. We know people like these beers, so we we try to stick with that. And that's with our, our half barrel system. It's it's the, that's where we can it's our playground basically, where we can just try whatever, or even um, we've we've had thoughts of trying to get the our ho- local homebrew club to be able to come in and help do a, a one off batch every now and then just to get their ideas out there and sort of ha- let them have fun um, within what we're doing here because they they've been a part of our brewing life for. Uh, now about a decade or eight yep. years as well. Yep. Yeah, I would agree with Ben on that. Um, there's, you definitely want to listen to your customers, and sometimes they give you a great idea, and you go, "Okay, let's let's roll with this and see where it goes." And other times you hear awful ideas, and you go, "Well, we're just not going to do that." So. Okay, so I want to talk about some of the beers. What I think would be fun, I know you get people that come in, you know, and say, you know, say, oh, can I help you? What, what would you like? And, you know, in my case, I'll be I'll be that customer. So I come in and I say, you know, you say, hey, Mike, what, what do you like? And he says, well, I'm looking for, you know, a lighter-ish beer, but a full-body beer, you know, not strong on hops, but still has kind of a, a good punch, you know, good flavor, you know, not more of a medium beer than what would you what would you recommend that <laughs> well um based on what you just said yeah based on those specifications um, the, if you're looking for the lighter side of things we do have our um it's called we call it our premium lager but it's an international lager mm. so it's a you know it's a full flavored beer yeah not a light beer like um light like a light right. lager it's more like a, a stella or something like that but ours is more i'd say it's a little bit more full flavor than any of those simply because we're not brewing the same way that they are um same with our centennial blonde it's a blonde ale and so it's a full flavored lighter beer um but when you're drinking it you're definitely going to feel like you're you're having a beer um if you're looking for something a little bit higher than that you want a little bit of hop but not too much we have a pale ale on right now called oh. bite my shiny metal ale which is a tribute <laughs> to our favorite robot yeah um and <laughs> he, that uh, guy, yeah it's um it's a beer that like you get you get that little bit of hop to it but it's not as in your face as an ipa um on the other realm of that um our hefeweizen is is great you get a little bit of banana and a uh, or banana and a hint of uh chive 
chive out of not chive, jeez, <laughs> clove. I don't know, I hope it wouldn't be chive. Um, uh, but that one, that one's really good too, as far as looking for something that's on the lighter side, but not too light, not too heavy. So those are th- some of the f- first ones I would recommend. Okay, now for my dad, who is a total opposite of me, he would come in and he would say, "Hey, Mike and Ben, I'm looking for the darkest beer. I'm looking for the heaviest beer possible. I, I, I want, I want a 500 calories. I need a beer that'll that'll really just fill me up." Then, well, the first one we usually point people to on that side is our Event Horizon Milk Stout. Uh, it's our one of our sort of middle of the road beers. It's got nice full body it's the lactose is real light on it so it's got the creaminess but it's still robust um high up there otherwise we we have our merriman's porter which is the next side so if you're looking for something that's not going to be too too strong and robust but still got that chocolatey roasty full flavor in the beer we, we have the porter on on there and then if you love Imperial Stouts, that's where the Dead on Arrival is the next hit. So we've sort of got that little, little spectrum of stouts for, for darker beer. Um, and it's Porter, Milk Stout, and Imperial. Just Oh, yeah, that, that sounds great. Okay, guys, before we go to break, if you wouldn't mind, can you tell us about the beers that we haven't talked about that, that are not in either of those two, the other, the other beers there? Well, um, one of our, our big main sellers uh, is our, our Hipster Potion, number four, which is our Hazy IPA. A lot of people come in, love that beer. we got several founders that that is their only go-to beer. Um, and then we've also got our, the Aquanauts, the Belgian Dark Strong that we've, we've brewed. Um, and just released recently uh is our kilted dutchman the wee heavy so it's a nice full malt flavored beer not roasty or dark but it's an 11 percent wee heavy that's just strong super flavorful and we actually have a uh, a barrel of that aging currently so in about um, three months or more uh we'll have that released in bottles oh great uh- Okay, uh, guys, we're going to take a a quick break, and we will be back for our very last segment. Uh, You are listening to the Central Florida Buzz uh, with Mike Kara as we are here at Deese uh, Brothers Brewery uh, with uh, Mike Deese and Ben Deese and uh, in beautiful Sanford, Florida. And please stay with us for our very last segment of this edition of our program today. Well, welcome back to our uh, final segment of this edition of the Central Florida Buzz with Mike Kara as we are here at Deese Brothers Bre- uh, Brewery here in beautiful Sanford, Florida. And with me today is Michael Deese and uh, Ben Deese. And guys, we've been talking all about the, the brewing, you know, of the beer and the brewing process. And a couple of th- things I want to talk about, you know, entertainment and some of the other activities you do. But one thing I want to talk about is do you offer anything now we, we've been through this with the last 29 breweries through the years but in order to make your own cider you're going to need a, a wine license so you you then you don't make cider then no no we do not um it's definitely something we've talked about for maybe the future um because we can have a uh, cidery within the building alongside the brewery but we just we're we've only been open for a year so we've been staying focused on the beer side for now but you never know what the future is going to hold 
Oh, great. Uh, but I mean, do you have, do you go over to, to Tuffy's or do you, you bring in any sort of cider? Or? Um, so right now we are, we have one cider on tap and uh, unfortunately Tuffy's is no longer oh, they're making not cider. Making yeah. Otherwise know. we would be 100% um, putting them on tap. We actually went with one of the bigger cideries for ours and we hold um, Magner's Pear Cider on tap. It just, we, we picked it up early on when we opened and everyone seemed to really, really love it. And I had never up until that point had a cider that was fermented pears instead of fermented apples. And it's just a delicious, sweet and crisp um, uh, uh, cider. Now, what we do have from a local group, it's not cider, but um, it's within the same realm of uh, a winemaking license is we do have Odd Elixir's Abbey Normal Meat on tap. And that's um, that's a meadery that's located over in um, um, <clears throat> Deland, Florida. So just across the river, maybe 20 minutes from here. And they're run by some really great people and they make some really good meads. So we're very proud to have them on tap. So I want to get your thoughts, guys. So what I understand then now as far as uh, seltzer, that you can make that, do you? Or is that an idea that you're, you're thinking about doing? Or Yeah, we've um, played around with a couple different recipes. Right now we have a lemon-lime seltzer in-house that we've done. On uh, Might play around more with that. Uh, but we, we, on our side, really enjoy making beer. So we, we focus a lot on beer production. <laughs> yeah, yeah versus seltzer production but we we like to have these options because there are people that come in they've got a gluten intolerance and can't have beer made with heavy malts that's wheat or barley based so that's that's where we we sort of produce that for them and a lot of our bartenders. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very important to us that we are very inclusive with the folks that are welcome here. And as um, very much so when it comes to dietary restrictions as well. So, Or, or just honestly, just simply taste. So we do try to ha offer a lot of things outside of the beer we brew to make sure everybody has something they like. Um, so we have, like Ben said, uh, non-gluten options. We have non-alcoholic beer options as well for people who would like to have a beer. But... Um, just can't have the alcohol so we we picked up a couple of those for, through distributors to make sure that those were available we have kombucha available um as well as just a plethora of just regular non-alcoholic beverages including an in-house sparkling lemonade oh wow wow now you mentioned about gluten free you know for our listeners so what do you you what you, you like is you use corn or you use a certain grain that doesn't have gluten in it or how does that work well, and for the seltzer side of it, we're using basically uh, brewer's crystals and dextrose. Right. So it's it's a corn sugar okay, uh, that's corn used sugar. To, to make that so it doesn't have that gluten aspect. Oh. So the seltzer then most will always usually be gluten-free then? or Yeah. That's because it gives you that, that clean fermentation sugar. So it, you can, they come out clear and it doesn't have that color that malt's going to add to it and the bready flavor and the bready yeah uh, okay so guys i wanted to ask you i saw that you had a poster for some guy that was but you know going to be performing here so you have bands you have like local artists that that come in and perform or yeah so we do we do live music every friday and saturday night right now um it, at the moment it's eight to eleven but we may be switching that to seven to ten we'll see um so just go to our facebook page to check to see what times they're performing but that's every 
every Friday and Saturday for the most part. Um, and also on the third Thursday of the month, there's actually a, a downtown-wide event called Sanford Jazz and Art Night. And we have um, a group come in on that night and perform, you know, a jazz-like performance for, for a couple of hours um, during that. And um, we are going to start rotating in some uh, fresh artists on our walls right now. We're decorated with a lot of uh, Ben and his wife's artwork, actually. Ooh. Oh, so, is that what the, the, this yep, here? That's or? right, yeah. The one, oh, I like the, that. that. Yeah, I like there that one there. there. Yeah. The, the hot wings, <laughs> that's right. his wife. So, oh, um, yeah, so they're, they're very talented. So it was really nice and easy to decorate our brewery because they just had a stockpile of art that they had created over the years. But we were definitely looking at trying to introduce some other artists uh, onto our walls, give them a chance to shine out as well. So we're always looking for local artists to reach out to us to see if they want to put their stuff up. And now about beer festivals, were you you guys like at the Sanford Pints and Paws or? Yep. Yeah, we're um we we do a lot of different beer festivals. I can tell you the ones the upcoming that we're scheduled. Yeah, to be yeah. At. Um, for anybody who is going to be in Tallahassee on September 10th, um, we'll be pouring up there. We just thought it'd be kind of fun to go to a different part yeah. of the state and share what we got. And we know a lot of folks up there are students, so they don't necessarily live there. And so all the Central Florida students can come back home and try our beer after the semesters. Um, let's see here. In October, we're going to be at the Top Brewer Beer Festival uh, put on by in Castleberry, put on by Bogan's Beer Beer Company, um, as well as the uh, Return to Joyland Beer Festival um, put on by Ivanhoe Park Brewing. Um, those are both, I believe, on October 15th. Um, we'll also be at, let's see here, I got this on my calendar, hold on. Um, we will also be at, in October, the... Oh, sorry, on November 5th, it will be the um, Space Coast Brew Fest, which is hosted by Hydrosaurus Brewing Company. They're, they're up and coming. They're, they're not quite open yet, but they're working hard on getting their brewery going. So they're, they're having some fun before they're actually operating. Um, and then on November 12th, we'll be at the Orlando Beer there, Festival. Yeah, yeah, the big one. Yeah, I just got, <laughs> just got our tickets, our VIP tickets. So you're going to be there. Yeah, we'll, we'll look uh, forward uh, to that. Oh, okay, uh, so, so now do you... Do you have any food here or people can bring in food or how, do, how does that, that work then as far as the food goes in, in this place? So we have our own kitchen. So, oh. um, you know, um, it's n- maybe kids food can come in, but you're, it's, it's, we have our own food. You have your own food. So yeah, we have our own menu. We do have a kid's menu as well that comes even with an activity pack. So families can come in and keep their kids distracted. Um, but it is a fantastic menu. It was put together by my wife actually, oh, and great. she is a passionate, um, home cook and has gotten a chance to use some of her, her recipes and the things that have come from both of our families in our menu. Um, so she's, she has Swedish meatballs in there for her grandmother. Um, she made, uh, there's a hot ham and cheese poppy seed sliders. Mm. That oh, is wow. A, yeah. that's, a, that's a classic thing from my family's, uh, Ben and I's side of the family and stuff like that. So um, we've got all sorts of great food. It's over two pages long. Um, and we've just introduced this week, we've in- introduced uh, flatbreads to the menu. So now we have mm. some really cool, tasty flatbreads. 
more than just cheese and pepperoni, but we do have those as well. Um, and we are introducing a few new items next week as well. We're going to add Chili Max and a couple of specialty hot dogs to the menu. Um, so those are all cool. And then the last piece I'd like to talk about for the food is that we do also offer a lot of vegetarian and vegan oh, options yeah, as well. Okay. So the vegan folks out there, you can get an appetizer, you can get a sandwich, you can get a hot dog. Um, so we have a lot of cool stuff. You can some of our flatbreads are vegan, and we even have a peanut butter cup and a, a full vegan ice cream sundae. So we can, you can even have dessert here. Oh, wow. And don't worry, guys, we won't go into all the, the beer pairings with food. But I mean, if somebody comes in, you know, that, that you know, that you guys or somebody could, you know, if, if they want to say, well, what, what what's good with this? What, you know, what go what beer goes good with a hot dog or a chili dog? At least, you know, you've probably got those ideas you could share. Huh? Yeah, we've um we've talked about that a little bit. We're definitely going to add that to the menu eventually as some recommended beers to yeah. different items. Um. Just to use the hot dog as an example, though, I'd probably go with something like our, our mid-malt beers, like our Cotswolds Amber Ale or the Lake Monroe Water Brown Ale, personally myself. Um, but I could also see something like our premium lager or our uh, our D-Spear Hefeweizen working out really well with a hot dog as well. Um, okay, uh, guys, we really, you know, appreciate your your time. And, uh, you know, oh, and before we go now, I know what I want to about your, you know, your website and social oh, media, yeah. just so, you know, if, if people would like to find out more information and, you know, what you've got going and all that. Yeah. So um, our website is uh, www dsbrosbrew.com um, if you can't find that just google Dees Brothers Brewery you'll find us we'll be at the top of the page um, our handle on Facebook and Instagram I believe is Dees Bros Brew as well um, but you should be able to just search our name and find us as well um, if you follow us you'll be able to see all the different events we do throughout the month um, including the live music on the weekends but also bingo on Tuesdays and movie nights on Wednesdays Okay, any final thoughts or anything else you'd like to mention here? Um, well, I'm, we're grateful for the opportunity to be on your show and get to talk about us and have your listeners hear a little bit more about what's going on here in Central Florida. Okay. Uh, uh, just uh, go out and support your local breweries. They Go out and drink and... Whoever you're near, because yep. it's local businesses forever. Okay, okay uh, guys, my guest has been Mike uh, Dees and uh, Ben uh, Dees uh, from um, Dees Brothers Brewery, and uh, as we are here at Dees. Uh, uh, Brothers Brewery here in beautiful Sanford, Florida, and uh, you've been listening to uh, the Central Florida Buzz with Mike Kara uh, as we are here at uh, these uh, Br Brothers Brewery, and please catch us again next time. You've been listening to the Central Florida Buzz with Mike Kara, the podcast for Central Floridians who want to be in the know what's happening in Orange Lake, Osceola, and Seminole Counties. Sponsored by the Central Florida Home Brewers, the premier craft and homebrew club. Learn to brew beer, kombucha, mead, and make wine by visiting www.cfhb.org. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you back here next week.